Welcome to our podcast. We have a very special chapter for you. Today, we revisit the eventful lead-up to our nuptials back in June of 1990. Why does stuff always happen to us? Stuff never happened to me. Before June of 1990, anyway. Okay, this is Jeff and Julie. Moved to France during a global pandemic. So recently I went back to Toronto to take care of a few things, condo matters, business matters, and I had to go through the locker where we put every single thing that we couldn't move in our original move to France from the house yeah. to the condo. Did we forget any pets? Or no, no? But, but the real estate, like the the buckets, the bins, the bags were up to the, the ceiling. Like We got good use out of the locker. We did, but I had to kind of... Uh, do a little bit of a triage and go through everything to see what was there, what we could throw out. You checked out some of my high school T-shirts, didn't you? Uh, nope, you didn't have any. Did you go to high school? <laughs> I, I went. In you. Uh, no, but you know what I did find were some French traffic tickets. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, seriously, dating back to way before we moved here. So, <laughs> so you know what? So car rental ones. <laughs> yep. The writing was on the wall. <laughs> How many were there? Uh, three. Wow. And that's from one trip? Yep. Good boy. Mm-hmm. And what I also found, <laughs> it was super weird. I, like <laughs> all these bins of my, my dad who's passed, he's, he, you know, his, his college stuff. I mean, he was an athlete, a hockey player, a superstar, in, inducted into the, uh, the, the RPI Hall of Fame. Which what, is, is, what is RPI? Uh, Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute. It's a, an engineering school that okay. has a, it's highly rated. And uh, so, you know, I'm going through all of this and feeling really nostalgic. And anyway, I, you know, I, I kept what I thought was important and, and got rid of what I thought wasn't. And lo and behold, on my return back to France, my trip from Toronto to Munich, there's a dad, a guy, wearing a T-shirt, and it says RPI. And I'm kind of freaking out. And I, I went, he, he was standing like two feet from me. And I said, is that a, a Rensselaer t-shirt? And he goes, yeah, I got my engineering d- degree there. I go, oh, wow. I just finished going through my dad's stuff and, and he graduated from there as well. And it was just like, Holy how cow. often does that happen? That's just, that's extremely rare. I mean, it could have, you know, it could have been any, any, any college t-shirt, any university t-shirt. I mean, how many, how many thousands of colleges and, and universities are there in the States? Yeah. And I think it was my dad telling me, you chucked way too much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while you were gone, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I did quite a few chores. I talked about it in last week's podcast. We got quite a few things done around this place. Yeah, the house looked pretty good. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I thought, oh, the last thing you need is laundry when you get home. And so I did a whole bunch of laundry for the first time in a while. Uh, Matched wits with these new machines here, which are quite different. And we've been through that before. But you typically like to do the laundry. Sometimes you hang it out on the line and sometimes you do this and that and the other thing. You got all these potions. You add this and mix this and little cocktails for the soap. And then you got you got it going through the fabric softener and it's just, it's a big deal. Well, we have extremely hard water here. No, oh, that's true. So in order to make sure that the laundry doesn't come out like cardboard, we have to yeah. put little potions in there. We really probably are in need for uh, uh, some kind of water softening setup here. Yeah, that would be good. 
Yeah, you can almost walk across our pool. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I noticed about you guys, and by that I mean women folk, mm. is uh, what is how do you fold all of the stringy stuff you've got? Like, I mean, I'm used to folding my t-shirts and jeans and cook boom, and then but then then it comes. You got things that okay. have straps yeah, and no, you know what, strings. No, you know what you don't deal well with oh. are my camisoles. Yeah, what I is with those? They're okay. like two things in one. No, no, no. I so I have a full top shelf. And, yes, you do. <laughs> and, and so I like camisoles that have have a shelf inside, so it keeps the girls in line. Okay. Uh, and that's <laughs> and I was noticing <laughs> I was unraveling what you did. <laughs> I just folded it in half. I don't know. No, the shelf goes inside. I don't know about shelves. I don't know a shirt that has a shelf. Mm. What shirt has a shelf? Well, not yours, but, you Mm. know. No. Anyway. Uh, But you mostly did a a pretty good job. And then the strings and all the straps and, oh, it's just too much. I I can understand why you want to do that because that's that's way, way, way out of my pay grade. But you didn't ruin anything. No, I didn't ruin anything. So good job. And it was clean and, and you did your best. Well, I tried. And so now you're home. I'm home. And uh, it's coming up on a very big day for us. It's our anniversary on the uh, 16th of June. And it's our 32nd anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we we decided to get married, hey, uh, 32, 33 years ago. Actually, ah, it was 33, 33. years right. because we were engaged for a full year. That's right. Yeah. I gave you an engagement ring and then took you to the Expos game. Now that is class. No, no, you took me to the expos first, oh, yes. and then the engagement ring. All right, all right, but it was that one knee in the Italian restaurant. It was Come lovely. on, yeah, ring on a silver platter. On it was a very, silver platter. Very romantic, classy. Uh, yeah, very, very lovely, memorable. And through the course of that year where we were engaged, I also did another very uh, upstanding thing. I went through the Catholic indoctr- uh, rather training, um, and it's I went. It's not training. Whatever it is, okay, well, then I'll stick with my original word, indoctrination. Well, we like so you know you make choices when you get married. Is it going to be religious? Are you going to have you know how how is the the whole day going to kind of yeah. roll out? So we decided. You know, the the Catholic Church, I'm a Catholic, would be a, a good place to get married. And in order to do that, you kind of have to go through a little course. Well, this course was hilarious. I mean, I don't think I've laughed so hard in my life. A couple of things uh, happened in this course. First of all, there was, a, the, there was the, uh, I guess, a priest that was part of the indoctrination. Yeah, the, the, he, was conducting, he was conducting the whole affair. But then they had... Uh, like couples from the community? Juniors. Oh, boy. Juniors is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Well, we were admittedly getting married a little later in life. So, you know, th- these these kids were at least a decade younger. What was the what was the girl? She, she got up there and she had to be all of about 22. One of the things I like to do for my husband is when he comes home for work, maybe I'll put on something a little skimpy. And, uh, oh, jeez. No, I'm she so- said saran wrap. Oh, did she really? Yeah. Like, she welcomed him home. She was wearing saran wrap. Oh. Anyway. I, you know, that's a... on my not-to-do list. 
<laughs> yeah, she just she went on and on and I'll prepare my supper and oh geez that was hilarious and then um, I was I was fit to be tied I was uh, antsy in there there was not a lot of you know not a lot of stuff going on and so finally we're in a big big horseshoe and uh, the question is what was the first thing that attracted you to your your future spouse and it's going on uh I just love the way that she would pet kittens or whatever. It just was all this, oh, just painful. It was really sweet and lovely, but not us. Not us, just painful. Finally, it came to me, and I said, I just liked her cooking. <laughs> Nothing. Well, at that point, though. Not a thing. At, but, Jeff. Crickets. The, the fact that no one reacted made me laugh so hard yeah. that I... She I st- had to leave the room. I, I Julie was, was laughing so hard that no one reacted that she started snorting. Convulsed. Like, and, and it was to the point where it could have been construed as weeping. She was mm-hmm. laughing so hard. Yeah. And then. Yeah, shoulders up and down, up and down. Like, and yeah, so because she couldn't control herself, she, she left the room mm-hmm. with her hands in her face and everyone thought it was weeping. And then they just turned on me <laughs> like I was the devil himself. And it was like, you bastard. And what started as just a fun little joke is not, and there I am, I'm just, and then Julie kept trying to come back in the room. I couldn't because I would just like get back into my hysterics. I, I was, <laughs> it was so funny. I would just look at the room and go, I can't, I can't walk back in here. Everybody hates him. Like, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm loving this too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we did the course, and uh, the next order of business was to uh, find, uh, you know, a place, a church to get married in. And, of course, Julie's mom was a member of uh, a, a church in NDG, which is typically uh, an English-speaking part of uh, Montreal. Uh, no, it wasn't. Well, actually. more it was more, well, more bilingual than Saint-Denis. Well, Notre Dame de Grâce, which is what NDG stands for, was very, very francophone. And over the years, uh, and I guess when I grew up, there were there was an immigration of, you know, uh, English Canadians and and Irish Canadians, and and so there was more English being okay. spoken on the street. Okay, fine. So. But we didn't think this was going to be uh, an issue because all we wanted was a bilingual service. Of course, I'm from Saskatchewan originally, and at the time spoke <laughs> zero French. Now it's like, zzz, you know. It's, point, it, point five. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we just wanted a bilingual service. And, you know, but it's funny because Julie comes from a franglais family. I mean, first language French, but uh, they all spoke very, very good English. Yep. And, and uh, both. Very bilingual. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was logical well don't we get a note back from the parish priest as we're lining up our wedding to say that he will not permit english to be spoken in his sanctuary we had a separatist priest in our church and i just my head about popped out of my body when this happened now let's let's put it into context yeah let's so this was around meach lake well, yes. So, so a very controversial time in Quebec. Right. So Meech Lake was about to expire, actually, days after our wedding. Our wedding was the 16th of June, 1990. And on June 22nd, Meech Lake expired. So uh, there was a big vote 
planned for the 23rd. And, uh, I mean, we can, we can get into all of the, the history of that vote. Basically, Meech Lake was killed by one guy, mm. uh, Elijah Harper from Manitoba. But uh, it may not have made it through because Newfoundland probably wasn't going to uh, bring it through either. And it needed unanimous consent. Anyway, Meech Lake was about to fold up, as, as Julie was saying. It was very contentious, but still... This is a wedding and a church. And yeah. what else did this guy do? Well, so first point is is that you know getting married is is a it, it's a celebration of love. There's no there shouldn't be any uh, uh, antagonistic feelings. There shouldn't be any controversy. It's just it should all be about people getting together well, and, and church, sharing. And church and state. Let's please yes. let's please right. uh, separate those two things. But I had been told that this same priest refused a young boy's funeral because they wanted the parents wanted it to be in both languages. Just. So you know th- th- that was a, a that was a very difficult day I think for Quebec, you know where language was such an important factor. It's it's changed and then kind of come full circle recently, but um, you know for us it it was very frustrating. Well, it was frustrating, but guess what I happen to have in my back pocket? A little thing that I like to call the bully pulpit. And uh, with my morning show at CJFM in Montreal, uh, we kept talking about this on the air. And you would come on every once in a while, but I was talking about the frustrations of getting married uh, in Quebec with a uh, Quebecois woman who spoke French, and we just wanted a bilingual service. So... At the same time that this was all going on... Uh, who is a huge hit? Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul had a song, we all know it, Opposites Attract. And well, maybe not everybody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know it. You'll know it when you hear it. And we decided, <laughs> we decided to, to write a parody song about our... Uh, and take to your point about the joy... Of yes. and of the differences, mm-hmm. not the negatives of the differences, and so this became something that was played on our show, and it attracted all kinds of interest. And we'll get to that after we play the song. And I've got a little special uh, intro planned for you. Are you oh, ready? Uh, sure. Thanks. Oh, okay. <coughs> Bonjour Montréal, nous allons bien en arrière pour celui-ci. À partir de 1990, voici Jeff et Julie et Opposites Attract. À partir de 95,9 CGFM. Keep on it, we'll set that good. 
a few uh, anachronisms in that little ditty. Uh, Did I hear Cosby? Yeah. Yeah. I like Cosby. But that was, again, that was the 80s, and it was the biggest, it was the 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 end of the 80s, the beginning of the 90s, and it was the biggest show on by a mile. And he was like America's dad. Little did we know. Well, and we just watched the documentary on that, and how many million people watched that every week? It was was like half of America. Huge. It was just incredible. You'd you'd never see that uh, in today's world. But And then there was another thing in there, Les Nordiques. You were talking about the Quebec Nordiques. They're no longer around. Haven't been around for years. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, time goes on, things change, but uh, you know, it was it was a catchy little ditty. Yeah, it was really fun, and people were calling the radio station because everybody was everybody who was listening to the station uh, took it for the the spirit which which it was meant, uh, and and that was that it's just two people wanted to get married, just wanted to have the their languages spoken in the church, and the church was interfering with a ridiculous agenda that was political like how does that even happen how does how does a parish priest become someone with a political agenda to the point where he won't allow a language to be spoken well he got his well did he get his so uh all all we were doing was promoting our love through this song and talking about our our wedding and what was going on and we by the way did find an, an Ameri- a former American uh, priest. Jerry. Jerry, what a Jerry great guy. Jerry the priest. Yeah. He yeah. was great. Yeah. And he spoke French. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was an anglicized French, but it didn't matter. He lived in Quebec. And uh, we got the thing done. But while this song was playing, CBC French TV got wind of what I was talking about on the show and the song. And they came to interview us, uh, and and it was a televised interview about what we were going through and and how we felt about it, especially during this very precarious time in Quebec history. And uh, so they came. Uh, Jeannie Most from CNN came to interview us. Yeah, she heard the story because the the. By the way, I I have to say the the French CBC you would think would take the the side of the. Of the, of the francophone in the argument. No, they were mm-hmm. they were absolutely 
uh, mortified. mortified that this was going on, mm-hmm. and they parked out in front of that church and got a hold of him and did one of those, hey, are you actually doing this, you know, on the fly things? I've got to, I've got to think that his summer was not fun. His summer wasn't fun because, as you mentioned, then CNN came. It was a piece that they never ended up running, uh, but Jeannie Moose, Mo, Moose, Mo, Moose yeah. from, uh, from CNN interviewed us, mm-hmm. and then... The big one, I think. Well, it's the most high-profile interview that we had. We were on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Yep. And it's funny because in Julie's little trip back to Toronto, uh, I knew we were planning on doing this podcast, and I knew we had a copy or two of the Wall Street Journal, and I had a rough idea where it was in that locker, and you found it. I did. It was right next to your traffic tickets. (laughs) So I, I, I brought it home and we'll be able to... Yeah, feature it on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah, the, uh, basically it was a, really a good writer, a guy by the name of Pierre Gaud, who wrote for the Wall Street Journal out of the Montreal office there. And we were the whole left column and then page 20 inside. And it was really, we were the vehicle for the article because he started and finished mm-hmm. Uh, with our problem, mm-hmm. uh, and then fleshed it out with obviously what was going on with Meech right. and the vote coming up on the 23rd. And at the end, he said, it won't matter for Jeff and Julie because they'll be on their honeymoon <laughs> <laughs> at that time. Yeah. Anyway, you know, that was a, a, a really in- intense time in our life. And, uh, you know, it, it makes for really good stories now that we can laugh at. But back then, it was pretty serious. Well, and that wasn't the end of our no. our wedding hardships. No. So we had originally booked, <laughs> and I don't even know that this was a good idea, but we had booked the Delta Hotel in, oh, where was it, Jeff? Can you say it in French? Oh, was it in Longueuil? No. Oh, Vaudreuil? Yes. <laughs> In Vaudreuil. Um, And uh, so, you know, that was our first plan. It was kind of a a, a lame destination wedding because it wasn't in Montreal and people would have to get there and whatever. Um, But they called us um, and said, sorry, we're we're bankrupt. We're folding. And now this just barely – now, think about this. This is a June wedding in Montreal and we get the call. I I think we booked them a long time, like the year before. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about a a month or two before the wedding and they call to say that they they are uh, folding. And so we get on the phone. I'm actually talking on the air about this because everybody's been, you know, we they've been kind of following along mm-hmm. with our little journey here. And, uh, you know, we got the one thing fixed with Jerry, the, the priest. We got the, the location of the church and uh, and we thought we had the hall and we thought we were on, uh, you know. Yeah, well, we you, you found uh, um, the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons. And uh, it, that was all smooth. We thought that was great. And uh, lo and behold, I think... Maybe a month before the actual wedding. The guy from the Four Seasons, I'm at Julie's apartment, it's dinner time, and the phone rings. I pick it up, hello? And this guy was, <laughs> you couldn't have been more sheepish th- mm. than this guy. Hello, Mr. Lumpy? Yes? Uh, hi, uh, yeah, it's Bill from uh, the uh, Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah, hi, Bill, what's going on? Ah, uh, well, uh, <clears throat> A bit of a bit of a setback over here at the Four Seasons, but uh, it seems that uh, <clears throat> your uh, your your room, uh, your hall, <clears throat> has been double booked. 
and then your head flew off. Your that shoulders. was it. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, that that was the last straw. Yep. I went bananas, and uh, I've never done this before, and probably will never have cause to to do it again. But I said, uh, and I was kind of contained at this point. I said, Bill. But, but dangerously yeah, contained. Dangerously contained. Dangerously unwound uh, uh, at this point. And I said, Bill, have you been uh, have you been listening to the show, uh, CJF? Have you been listening to the radio at all? Yeah, yeah yes, 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 I have. Uh, so you, you got the whole part there about the, the first hotel folding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did you get the part about the priest not letting English being spoken in his church? Yeah. <clears throat> do you know what I did to that priest for the summer? Do you do you have any idea what I could do to you? I mean, I'd never do this again. I, I just would never do this again. But I kind of jokingly said, you know, uh, I, I think you should fix your double booking with the other folks because uh, I— I might make your it's life the, yeah, a it's real hell. Lesser of two evils. Yeah. And he did, and we did get married there. We did get married. Holy cow. I just can't believe that day. And the actual wedding day was so much fun. It was great. It was great. My mom had hung um, a rosary on the clothesline. Oh, okay. Because it was supposed to rain that day. Oh, And apparently no, if you hang the rosary, it no. makes the weather better. No, here's the thing, Julie. You have yeah. to know this. Uh-huh. In Ottawa and Montreal, it's yeah. supposed to rain every day. Right. Anyway, it didn't. So that was awesome. And we had a lovely sunshine, great photos taken. Um, yeah. You know, and, and the wedding was actually so much fun. The MC, and then your brother with his stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My buddy Brian, and we were, we'd were just been talking. We're still awesome friends. He and I uh, came up with uh, a bunch of... <laughs> A bunch of photos of Julie uh, yeah. with all the hairstyles over I, the years. I, you know, hair is like an accessory. I change it as I want. <laughs> and so. it was uh, Brian was great. The oh, there's Julie the Farrah Fawcett years. Oh, yep. here's the Lady Die years. Yep, <laughs> yep. I did those all. Mm-hmm, did oh, them all. That was fun. Anywho, uh, the the whole day was great. I think the biggest highlight for the people in the room was when you did the uh, let's pick where we're going to go on our honeymoon. Oh yeah, this was great. This was one of the best gags ever for me. I'm very proud of this gag. So uh, what what I had was I had so a, much fun. Yeah, it was. Mm. I had a bunch of brochures in my hand, and I had a rigged paper bag that I was dropping the brochures in, and then Julie was going to choose by picking out one of the brochures, and that's where we were going to go, which was a big load, because who can make that call? But in the moment, everyone bought into this. Uh, everyone. Can I tell you that my godmother oh, I know. was ashen? She was apoplectic. She could not believe that you were doing this on, on my <laughs> wedding day. So... I what I what I actually had was the winning uh, brochure where we were going, where where I knew Julie would like in the bottom of the two bags, and then when I dropped them all in, I I I I kind of closed up the first bag uh-huh. so that there were six of the same brochures. So uh, these were the brochures. Hmm. Will it be baseball tour 1990 visiting uh, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Kansas City? <laughs> the jaws were oh, on the floor. The women were just like, oh, you got to be out of your mind. And then, or will it be two weeks in Canada's wilderness on a fly-in fishing trip? <laughs> and by this time, your aunt was about ready to leave. She was. 
And I dropped that brochure into the bag. And then I had I had a, a couple of nice ones in there, all-inclusive trip to Bahamas or something, and two weeks in Corfu, Greece. And all right, Julie, uh, everybody's been wondering where we're going on our honeymoon. It's time for you to pick. So then I open up the bag, revealing all... We are going to Greece. <laughs> Thank end- goodness. Can you see me two weeks fly fishing? How cranky would I be? That would that would be the most uh, unsatisfying uh, honeymoon ever. I got to say, it was the one of the greatest gags, and uh, the marriage clearly survived it. It was, <laughs> except for poor your poor aunt who was just. Oh, she still talks about it. <laughs> like it was like like you, you almost gave her a coronary. Like yeah, I, I, and I was looking at her face, and I was more worried for her than me. Oh, that was a great wedding. We had a good band. We danced all night. Um, uh, it was just touching. It was really fantastic. And the Four Seasons did a great job. Of I, I think, though, I think I did encounter the the bride of the double booked room <laughs> at some point in the evening because I think they shut shuttled their whole entourage off to some closet. And boy, did I get the, the stink, stink eye, eye from her. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's who you know. At, well, at that point, it was uh, it was it was who you know, and somebody's going to take hostages. <laughs> so I don't know if this is the r- exact right time for the French phrase of the day. Well, we got to get it in at some point. Yeah. Okay. So here it goes, and I I think you will get this one, Jeff. Oh, you always say that. Okay. So it has to do with with marriage. Oh, that's good. Okay. Un bon mariage serait celui d'une femme aveugle avec un mari sourd. Uh, why is it so long? Um, a bon marriage, vogue is is nails? No, angle is nails. Aveugle is blind. Oh. Un bon mariage serait celui d'une femme aveugle <laughs> avec <laughs> un mari sourd. So it, it involves the wife being blind mm-hmm. and the husband being sur sur a pig? No. No. <laughs> no. Deaf. Oh, there you go. Oh. So, un bon mariage serait celui d'une femme aveugle avec un mari sourd. Huh? <laughs> that never gets old after I know. years. I know. I know. I know. So like, a good marriage would be one. With a woman, a blind woman, and a deaf man. That's true. That would be an ideal marriage. I thought you would like that one. No, that's very good. Yeah. I like that. Uh-huh. That's uh, today's French phrase of the day. Wow, I think we, I think we, we got that in. Is there anything, you know, uh, something kind of interesting uh, about about uh, uh, Pierre Gode, who was the uh, writer of the Wall Street Journal article. And by the way, I think the date was May twenty third, nineteen ninety. So it was just, Whew. yeah, just in. Oh yeah, it was a month before the vote. That makes sense. Anyway, he, he uh, included his card on on the newspaper because he sent us the copies so, mm-hmm. uh, so nicely. So I just thought yesterday, I want to see what's going on with Pierre Gold. And what is going on with him? So Pierre Gold was with uh, he was with the Wall Street Journal for quite a few years as a journalist, mm-hmm. and then after that, the CBC. Oh. And then he became the communication spokesman for uh, HSBC in Quebec and only retired, I guess, uh, in 2019. He was with HSBC for something like 
17 or 18 years. Wow. Because uh, I just uh, just Googled him. So I'd like to get in touch with him again. I really would. I, th- I, th- I just uh, He did such a tasteful uh, job of that of that piece. It was really, really well-crafted. That would be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, well, we thank, we thank uh, Pierre and we thank uh, Jeannie Moss and, and all the people uh, from the CBC French who... Uh, Were around 32 years ago. Yeah, who, who kind of got saw this as a news story and got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we became sort of the, the center point of, of the news story and how little things like marriages became trivialized over this, uh, over this big, big topic when it really should have been the other way around. Because that's what the life is in, mm-hmm. in Quebec. The life is people coexisting, you know? That's the life. The reality is. And now here Quebec's going through this thing again, isn't it? Bill 96, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a little different, but again, it's bringing up all the same. It's just stirring it up again. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's just a, not a good time, I think, to be worried about that when you've got such huge world consequences at this point maybe on next week's show besides the other things that we were going to talk about we we could uh we could flesh out why uh i'm I'm so late in life learning uh the language maybe we could tell that story next week about why i didn't learn french earlier on maybe we could get get into that one sure on next week's show sure yeah Mm -hmm. because i think that's uh I think it's valid because uh-huh. a lot of people would say, well, you've been married 32 years. Why don't you speak better French? Well, you're about to find out on next week's show as well. We'll discuss our next mini trip, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, finally, uh, people, our friends and family are getting serious about visits to France. It's coming in like boom, 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 boom. That is. It's the J&J sheet. It's filling up, folks. Every time we pick up the phone, what, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a whole ton of people coming to visit, and we'll uh, get into that and more coming up next time on Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. Bonjour. Au revoir.